Everybody say different. different. We're starting this series called Different. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at how uh, we live different in this world. And so we wanted to do this kind of like fun thing, wacky tacky Wednesday, uh, something that you would, w- wouldn't normally wear, a different outfit than what you might normally put on, just to kind of help give us a visual. Uh, and what's, what's going to be interesting to me is that uh, as, as much emphasis, perhaps, or as much intentionality, or as long as it might take you to pick out the craziest outfit in the world, what if I told you that Jesus wants us to live? with that same amount, if not more, intentionality with every decision we make, every relationship we take part in, every word that we speak, because he has called us to live different. Can we start preaching in this house tonight? Would that be okay? Okay, okay. Jesus has called us to live different, and, and like I said, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what that looks like. Um, how many of you guys, never mind, um, when I was in high school, um, I don't know if this phrase is, is still a thing, um, but when I was in high school, um, there was this really objectifying phrase called neck breakers, okay? And what I mean when I say neck breakers is, where are my fellas at? Guys, can, I, can, I, can we be real for a second? Um, how many of you guys have ever seen a, a, one, of God's, one of God's daughters who was just absolutely beautiful? Like, I'm talking gorgeous. She is, like, you know God spent, in your mind, in your world, God spent so much extra time creating her because, because, oh my goodness, she is just absolutely beautiful. And so you might be walking down your hall, uh, the hallway at your school, or the mall, or the movie theater, and all of a sudden you see this radiant beauty walking across, and it just stops you dead in your tracks, right? And then all of a sudden you're net, you, you just start following her, right? Right? And how far, how far are you going to watch her awkwardly as everybody else, they're still going about their life, right? And they just see you stop dead in your track. And then, and then oh, your neck can't turn anymore. That, that's a, that's a, a neck breaker. And then, ladies, you guys, don't, don't front. You guys, you guys are the same way. You know, they, as soon as I started talking to the guys, you started thinking about that guy in your world who you're thinking the same thing about, like, oh my goodness, he is God's gift to this good green earth. And it's the same thing. And you might wake up the next morning with a stiff crick in your neck because you tried to twist your, your head as much, of an, as much as an owl can twist theirs. Yeah, I don't know how much it is. I got fact checkers in the house tonight, but... But, but what if I told you that as followers of Jesus, we were supposed to be neck-breaking, head-turning, face-scrunching, culture-changing leaders and influencers, not in the same way as, as beautiful people, but in the way that we live our lives by the way that we follow this guy named Jesus. And, and like I said, we're going we're gonna to talk about how we do that in the coming weeks. But for this week, I want to focus primarily on who Jesus was. Because if I say, hey, listen, you are called to live different. You are set apart to live different. Here's what, here's what this Jesus guy says. He, says. he says, here's how you're supposed to be living your life. Hey, this world, it's not really your home. You, you heard it in, in the promo video. You're citizens of heaven is what the Bible says. But if you don't know Jesus... If you don't have a relationship with him already, 
then, then, then none of what I say over the next couple of weeks is going to stick because there's no foundation for you to build these truths on, right? I mean, how many of you guys have ever asked the question, uh, why should I study for that test? Like, why? Why do I need to study for that test? Why should I do my homework? Why, do, why should I listen to my parents? Right? Why should I work hard? Why should I get a job? Why should I, why should I save for, for my future? Because if you don't have a good reason, then all of that is going to be really hard to apply to your life. It's going to be hard to apply yourself to school if you don't understand why school is important. It's going to be hard for you to respect your parents if you don't understand why biblically we're supposed to respect our parents. It's going to be hard for you to save and be good stewards of money if you don't have the foundation for that to build on. And similarly for us, if over the next couple of weeks I'm going to encourage you to be different and you don't know why, then there's a good chance that everything I say is going to go in one ear and out the other. And I hope that you have a ton of fun when you come to midweek. But if everything I say, if everything your family group leader says goes in one ear and out the other, then wasn't this ultimately just a big waste of time? So again, tonight, as we begin this new school year, I want us to look at who Jesus is and why, because he is who he is, we should live different. Everybody say different. Different. The first point that I have for tonight is that Jesus was always plan A. When we're thinking about living this different kind of life, one of the things that we have to all agree on is that Jesus was always plan A. Listen to this from Galatians 4, 3 through 7. If you have your Bible, you can turn to it real quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be on the screen behind me. Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 through 7 say this. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, that's that, that's that phrase that indicates to me that Jesus was always plan A. When the fullness of time had, when the time was just right is what other translations say. When the time was just right, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That's you and me. We were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave. Let me read that again. You are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave to insecurity. You are no longer a slave to inadequacy. You are no longer a slave to addiction. You are no longer a slave to cutting yourself. You are no longer a slave to, to depression. You are no longer a slave to whatever it is that the enemy is trying to put in your path to keep you away from stepping into a relationship with Jesus because he loves you. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. What Paul the Apostle and the author of those verses is saying here is that, that, that this thing called sin, right, which is basically rebellion on the way that God intended for us to live. It's choosing me and my desires over God and his desires for my life. It's choosing to build my own kingdom instead of stepping into the kingdom of God. It's choosing to, it's choosing to follow me and put me on the throne of my life instead of giving Jesus his rightful place as the king of my life. This thing called sin enslaved us, but when the time was exactly right, 
When it was exactly right, God sent Jesus to redeem us is what the Bible says. Redeem means to buy back, right? To purchase, to pay a debt in full. It, it, it's basically like this. We, like we, when we sin, we owed God a debt, right? And the Bible says that the wages or the cost of sin is death. That's in the book of Romans. You can fact check me later if you want. The wages of sin, the cost of sin, the payment for sin that we have committed against a holy God is death. But because God loved you so much, he sent Jesus to pay the death debt that you and I owed. And what's crazy is that Jesus was always the plan for this. God was never caught off guard or on his heels. How many of you guys know that in basketball, you want to stay on your toes, right? If you're, if you're in a defensive position, if you're playing defense, you want to stay on your toes, on the balls of your feet, because when you're in this position, it's a whole lot easier to move side to side, forward and backward, get in the position that you need to be in. Otherwise, if you're on your heels right, then, then, then it's a whole lot harder to change direction. And that's when we see embarrassing videos from guys in the NBA and in college getting their ankles just totally broken because they were on their heels. Can I tell you tonight that God was never on his heels? God, was, God has always been on the offensive. God has always God has never been on defense. God has always been moving towards you. God has always been moving towards his people. God has always been pursuing you. God has always been running after you. God has always been the one who's chasing after you when you have turned your back on him. God is always moving. God is always on his toes. He's ready to come get you as soon as you're ready to let him in. The Bible says that when the time was just right, Jesus came to do what only he could do. Jesus was plan A. Point number two is that Jesus showed up different. Jesus showed up different. Um, I was in high school when the first Avengers movie came out, and me and some of my church group friends decided to go see the midnight showing of it. Um, and one of the things that we decided to do was um, we, we decided to dress up in superhero costumes <laughs> and you know we're in high school so we're like yeah whatever we're gonna go do this um, the problem for me was that I didn't actually have a superhero costume I'd like gotten rid of all that stuff because I wasn't four years old anymore sorry if anybody still has a superhero costume um, but what I did have was like a full-on clown suit like a full-on clowns, the shoes, the, the one-piece costume, the bozo nose, the wig, the whole thing. So that's what I decided to wear. Well, we met up super early and, the, and decided to go to Steak and Shake. And you can imagine how crazy this group of people, some of them wearing superhero costumes, others just in regular street clothes because they wanted to save themselves the embarrassment. And then this random guy showing up as Bozo the Clown, right? I showed up different than everybody else, and so did Jesus. I told you Jesus was always plan A, and that's true. God told his people in the Bible that Jesus would be coming, but he didn't give all of the particulars of that, and I think he did that on purpose, right? I think God left out some of the details, like, like uh, it's, not, it's nowhere in the Old Testament that the Messiah's name is going to be Jesus or that he's going to be born to uh, this lady named Mary, have a dad named Joseph in the town of, of uh, Bethlehem in a, in a manger, in, a, in an animal feeding trough, in a stable because there's no, like, like that stuff's not in the Old Testament per se. 
And I think God did that intentionally because he, he wanted his people to rely on him. Because how many of you guys, just, just be honest in your hearts, how many of you, if you knew everything that was going to happen, if you knew everything that was going to happen, would actually have to rely on God? The answer is probably no one, right? And that's because that's the whole essence. That's the point of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for uh, and, and, the, and the, the conviction of things not yet seen. That's what faith is. It's what we hope for, but, but it's unseen. And so God sprinkled the Old Testament with these little nuggets we call prophecies about the coming Messiah. Everybody say Messiah. Messiah. Everybody say Messiah. Great, we got a bunch of Hebrew scholars in the room tonight. Messiah means savior or deliverer. The Bible uh, has conservatively 191 personal prophecies referencing Jesus in it, meaning 191 times God said, my guy's on the way, he's coming, I know it's hard, just hold on, I know there's nations attacking you, I know you're enslaved to foreign nations, I know that you've been exiled, but hold on because the Messiah is on the way. The problem was that God's people in the Old Testament, the Israelites is what we call them, thought Jesus was going to come in, in like a militant, powerful way and oppress the enemies of God, but he didn't. He came from a lowly family in a lowly town. The Israelites thought Jesus was going to come with an army ready to fight. He was going to call down fire and lightning from heaven and just obliterate people groups, but he didn't. He came as a baby. He was a simple carpenter from a simple town. When he grew up and he began his ministry and started making claims that he was the son of God, people didn't like that because Jesus showed up different than their expectations. And, 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 and please listen to this. What if Jesus is trying to show up different in your life than the way you think he's supposed to and you're just overlooking his presence? Is that a possibility? What if Jesus is trying to lead you and heal you and comfort you and help you and you're missing it because you think it's supposed to happen differently? You've worked up in your mind that Jesus can't be real because I still struggle with anxiety and I still struggle with identity issues and I still have depression and I have chronic insecurities and I have body image issues. Guys, I'm talking to you too. Studies say three out of every five guys deal with body image issues. I used to as well. And just like Israel, you think Jesus is supposed to take away all your problems but he hasn't. And so you think he's either left you or he doesn't exist at all. But what if Jesus is trying to use your weaknesses? What if Jesus is trying to, he's trying to take all of your struggles and all of the hard seasons that you've walked through or are walking through currently, all the uncomfortable situations that you've been put in to draw you closer to him? Jesus showed up different then and Maybe he's trying to show up different in your life now. Maybe he's trying to show up just not in the way you expect him to. Point number three is this, and I, I gotta wrap up. Jesus lived different and calls us to do the same. As Jesus went about his life in ministry, he lived his life different. 
Jesus went places no one else dared to go. Jesus talked to people no one else dared talk to. Jesus challenged people no one else dared to challenge. Jesus ate with people no one else would eat with. Jesus employed everyone who everyone else had written off. Jesus preached like no one before. Jesus cared like no one else would. Jesus lived different. And then he came to a point in his ministry when he turned around and he looked at his disciples. And if you're a follower of him tonight, then he's looking at you and he's saying, now it's your turn. You do it. You've watched me do it. Now you do it. You've read about it. Now you do it. You live different. You talk to the people at school no one else will talk to. You eat with people at school that no one else will eat with. You help people when no one else will. You invite people to midweek. You share my love with people no one else will. You do it. You do it. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Band, you guys can go ahead and Come on up. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he's talking about himself. And all the angels with him, he'll sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he's going to separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He's going to put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Jesus was always plan A. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous ones are going to answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king's going to reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, that's what you did to me. Jesus lived different. If you want to live for Jesus you too have to live different. And that starts tonight. Let's pray and then we're going to sing a song before we go to family groups. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel. In Jesus' name, all God's people said as they stand to their feet. Amen.